0: Chucked. We are with you on a, a miserable Wednesday after or morning, where there's feels like 10 feet of snow on the ground. I think it's like four inches, but um, in my heart, it feels like 10 feet.
1: March is the toughest month.
0: It's the worst. It's why I got so upset when there was the great uh, February weather that we seem like we always have. Um, it's not that I don't appreciate that weather, but my gosh, I just know that March is coming, where there's going to be these these days where. Snow days and um, school's canceled, but uh, for me, it uh, joy's
1: canceled. If you if you know, I I uh, noticed on my way here today the snow on the trees and stuff, and I actually started humming. It's beginning to look a lot like. I mean, it it just looks beautiful out there. If you just Mm -hmm. that it's December twenty first instead of March twenty first. That's what you got to do. You just got (laughs) to. You just got to be a time shifter.
0: It's hard to believe it. Yeah, <laughs> Easter is a week and a half away. Man. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but I think next week is supposed to be nice. I mean, you know, yeah. it'll, it'll snow and turn may. around. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Welcome to Ohio. Yeah, welcome to the Midwest. Yeah. It's not just Ohio; it is the Midwest. You mm-hmm. know, that's so. right. That's right. Yeah.
0: Well, for those of you, uh, some of you may know that ESPN something caught our eye. Um, came out with uh, the most. Let me see here the definitive dominant 20 and uh, espn the magazine did it's their 20th anniversary espn the magazine and they came out with the definitive uh, dominant 20 the most dominant athletes of the 20th of the last 20 years um, they wrote peter keating wrote we see your manning versus Brady debate and raise you manning versus tiger and tiger versus serena and serena versus lebron the most formidable, awe-inspiring, downright dominant athletes of the past two decades, in order. It was apparently backed by something called foolproof math, um, which, after reading the list, is um, is is not foolproof. And uh, they list so some mathematical equation they came up with this or something, and it's uh, it's there's a there's a lot of holes to poke in. I think uh, we you both just you just greased, glanced over the list mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, so read through uh, real it's quick it's to ridiculous. give us an update on... Number 20, Tom Brady. Wow. 19, Manny Pacquiao. 18, Mike Trout. 17, Barry Bonds. Who cares? 16, Allison Felix. 15, Novak Djokovic. 14, Cristiano Ronaldo. 13, Lauren Jackson. 12, Serena Williams. 11, Lionel Messi. 10, Usain Bolt. 9, Marta. Never heard of you. Eight, Floyd Mayweather. Seven, Michael Schumacher. Six, Annika Sorumstan. Five, Roger Federer. Four, Jimmy Johnson. Three, Peyton Manning. Two, LeBron James. One, Tiger Woods. Hmm. What are your initial reactions to that?
1: Well, so when I went through it the first time, I was shocked that Peyton Manning was three and Tom Brady was 20. Um,. Then you know, obviously they're weighing regular season versus, uh, you know, how many Super Bowls? Five Super Bowls? Mm-hmm. I mean, geez, that's that's not dominance. Went to hit, I don't what know. eight? Yeah, which is which is achievement in itself. I don't, a, I don't, I, I don't himself, know, I don't know what's dominance if that's not. And then Serena being twelve. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. because. Yeah, you know her. Her dominance is more dominant than anybody's dominance. It's of been her the last twenty years. <laughs> I know. I, I don't. I don't understand that criteria. I, I told you. I think ESPN tries to sell magazines, so mm-hmm. uh, that's that's the whole point. Is we're sitting here talking about it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, um, you know, Jimmy Johnson, that spot on. Michael Schumacher, I you know, spot on. People like that. I mean, I think they they have to be in the top ten with regard to their uh span of dominance um i don't have a problem with tiger Mm-mm. i don't have a problem with lebron but uh, novak being on the list djokovic and rafa not being on the list that's uh, perplexing It's just yeah. perplexing well
0: it, my problem within that annika sormstan and novak djokovic i love novak but their argument for them being so high on the list or Novak being on the list and Rafa not being on the list and Sorenstan being high on the list and Serena being back, uh, the claim they make with uh, Sorenstan is that uh, her span between 2001 and 2005 was unprecedented. So, you know, uh, just a kind of a hot streak there. Uh, Djokovic, you could say the same thing. He had he had a span of, um, was it 2011, I think it was, when he started on his mm-hmm, just tear. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Um, but I feel like such a large component of dominance is longevity, and Serena has has been existent within the realm of dominance for the the entire. She's the only one in this in this list that has actually existed with dominance the whole that's, the entire twenty years.
1: I wouldn't have been surprised if she was number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how...
0: Rafa has been dominant for, what, 12, 13-plus years? Yeah, and 15 you 15 know, years, Yeah. And, uh, so... And, I'm and, just and if they're
1: going to go on uh, short-term dominance, why isn't... I mean, I, I'm going to speak blasphemy to you now. If it's going to go to that short-term, how short-term do you go? Steph Curry had two straight years of MVP, so did Steve Nash,
0: mm-hmm. where they,
1: quote-unquote, I'm quoting here, air quotes, yeah. dominated for two years of the, the mm-hmm. league, yeah but they you the know I don't I don't. so anyhow rule. we're here talking about it mm-hmm. so uh, obviously it worked because we're talking about it mm-hmm. that's the truth that's the truth
0: um, Tom Brady you know similarly to to, to uh, Serena um, has been dominant for so long um, I mean there's a lot of a lot of athletes on here that I just I'm honestly not credible to talk about because I don't care about Jimmy Johnson his career I don't I don't care about Floyd Midweather in his career or personal life. Um, Lauren Jackson, I forgot she was. Uh, she still played in the WNBA mm-hmm. and what she did. I know she's a great player, but um, I mean, gosh, thirteenth. I mean, it's uh, it's um, some of it's some of it's stunning. It, it, Eric Fleming was the one who sent me this and said this could be a good Chuck discussion and uh, yeah, and it is.
1: Yeah, I don't. I didn't see any Cleveland Browns on here. I was kind of kind of hmm. disappointed in that. There was no
0: I was dominant in the losing category. Yeah, there's
1: no uh, Cleveland Browns. Um, I'm very very bummed about that. Usain Bolt at 10. That's that's amazing cuz you talk about dominance. Holy smokes. Here you here you go. I forgot about this. I forgot about this. Um, Michael Phelps. Not on Not the on list. the list.
0: I mean the dude never wasn't <laughs> not dominant. I know. Like from the what did he start He first <laughs> swam the Olympics I when he know. was 9. <laughs> He's nine years That's old. When he first swam, yeah,
1: or whatever, something like that. Thirteen? Maybe 10. I don't
0: know. Yeah, he. Well, the dude won every time, all the time. Yeah. Uh, Kobe Bryant. I mean, if if we're talking about stretches, you know, if we're talking about stretches, his post Shaq era from you know the the 06 to twenty ten. Um, dominant, mm-hmm. you know, his stretch in February where he averaged 40 plus points a game and, I mean, talk about a dominant stretch if we're not talking about a whole career but just a stretch. Um, and, yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah, Mike Trout's on there but Kobe Bryant's not. Barry it's... Bonds is ahead of Mike Trout too. I
1: yeah, wow, wow, wow. Can you say P-E-D? Yeah, yeah. So,
0: the list is is a kind of a... I don't know what they were getting at here.
1: Yeah, so lists are made for talk shows and rambling podcasts. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's why they make lists so that we have something to debate. So if you made this, who would be your top three? If you you make this list... In the last 20 years, In the last 20 years, most dominant athletes. Mm
0: -hmm. Wow. Um, The first thing that comes to mind is I'd, I'd have Serena in my top three. I don't know where I'd put her. But I do think there's been a lot of great players within the WTA in her career within the span of her career and it wasn't just poor um, competition but you look at the the gulf between Serena when she was number 1 at one point and the number 2 ranked player Maria Sharapova was the gulf between I think number 1 r- currently right now points wise and the number and uh, the 139th ranked player currently
1: yeah that's just crazy dominance
0: and Sharapova's a pretty good player <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she was playing against some some studs. So, I Serena would probably probably be number two. Um, I think I'd put Tiger at number one. Um, I mean, within his career, it's hard. It's hard to say that. His career has—he's actually had a career in the last few years, so I almost don't even count that, even though I know it is. But his span with him before his his meltdown was um, was as dominant as it came. Especially with a game like golf, it's so here it's and there. Very difficult. I mean, it's
1: not—it's a very difficult. The, di- the
0: dynamics, the ver- variables change within it. You know, until all the time. he came
1: along, there was an era in the 80s and 90s where golf was had so much parity, the closest you got to dominance was Greg Norman and he couldn't finish in majors. Mm-hmm. And then Tiger came along and, and just blew the notion that you were never really going to see someone threaten Nicholas's record of 20 majors. Mm-hmm.
0: Then number three, I would put, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but I would put a tie between Tom Brady and LeBron James or like a, or like a 3A, 3B type of thing because... They're both such team sports, and LeBron has played on some awful teams. Um, Tom has played on some really, really great teams uh, so i don't I don't know who who I would put ahead of there, but I know they both within themselves within their own right deserve to be in the top three in yeah. my opinion so but what about you yeah,
1: i would i would go i I would give um Brady three because he's won five. And I mean, that is, you're right, mm-hmm. that's 3A and 3B. But I'd give Brady 3 because he's 1-5. Mm-hmm. I'd go Tiger at 2, a hair behind Serena. I'm not a Serena fan. I'm a Venus fan. I'm just not a Serena fan. She's too much drama for me. But it ain't even close as far as should she be in the top three. I just like, that's mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm shocked that she was as low as she was. But... um, I don't think I don't think people here watch tennis anymore. That's part yeah, of it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you know that is part of it. Uh, uh, being ranked, I'm right. actually surprised Novak's on the list. Yeah, I, exactly. You know, I, I am because S-
0: Serena, because she's a tennis player, getting the number twelve ranking is actually like a number five
1: because it's tennis. You know, <laughs> when yeah, you think about yeah, it, like it. Is. it yeah,
0: and and, uh, and as far as how relevant tennis is in, in the yeah. Western
1: world, it's hardly even fed out of it just because of. Um, you know his stretch there. He and Tiger were head to head, remember, in majors for a while. Yeah. So he would be he would be in the top five mm-hmm. if we're going to stretch that out. But yeah, he he would, and and the the
0: thing that's hardest with him is what makes him, what I think what for me makes me consider putting him in the top three or five is also what kind of, you know, I, that he's not in my initial top three is that um, he's he had two of the some of the all time greats playing within his era when he won his. When he's winning his, mm-hmm. that's just crazy to say, in the present tense, winning his 20 grand slams at the age of 36. But also that um, he doesn't have a winning record against the two other greatest players that are playing in his era. Yeah. He has a losing yeah. record against them. Uh, it's hard to claim just uh, singular dominance. He has a winning record against
1: Djokovic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does he not? Okay. He does. For a while Djokovic he did. has a
0: winning record against Rafa and Roger. Only player to do so.
1: Yeah. Wow. Mm hmm. It's real close against Roger though, isn't it? It's like twenty six and
0: twenty four, and um, but he has m- much more of the head, the edge to Rafa though. He, Rafa's he's been a conundrum to Rafa.
1: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's why I always felt like you couldn't say Rafa was the greatest player of all time because they would use that argument to say because he dominated Federer. Mm-hmm. Well, then how do you how does that stand up? Because he doesn't. He doesn't stand up against Novak. So, mm-hmm. does that make Novak the greatest yeah. of all time? That's always been my exception to that mm-hmm. argument that Rafa, and I'm a huge Rafa fan. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the value of lists? What's what? Why? Why do we like to make lists? Why do we like to rank? What is it in human nature, fallen or virtuous, that likes to make lists? The mm. Fortune 500, you know, the... I mean, we would even qualify the Academy Award nomination. It's a list, right, of greatest movies of the year. We list movie receipts. We rank. We love comparing, right? We love comparing. Mm -hmm. What is at the core of our need to quantify and classify? Mm.
0: Well, I think first we do like a little bit of conflict and argument. We do like a little bit of debating. Obviously, that's mm-hmm. how we settle um, polit- political things. You know. Our democracies build on mm-hmm. that. And um, so, and uh, so, I think an argument of especially certainly things that are subjective. You know, um, what's the greatest? Uh, beatles album or right. beatles versus stones or wh- whatever whatever arena you're existing in you, you greatest movie of all time jaws mm-hmm. of course <laughs> subjective um not
1: but, but i think subjective about i think that.
0: uh I, you know i think that's part of it but i think more especially with something like this dominant more poignantly we want to know what's what is the greatest i think that's our, like, the human quest is Pursuing to what is meaning? What is the great meeting, What is what is the greatest thing? And uh, there's a philosopher whose name uh, I I won't say because I've used his name previously, so I, it doesn't sound credible. But <laughs> I'll i share what he something he said. He said I had a dream one night, and in this dream, this, he's not a Christian. But he said in this dream, um, there was a graveyard, and all. Um, all these graves were of the great kings and leaders of old throughout all of human history, from American presidents to, you know, thousands and thousands of year old Egyptian leaders. And they all came out of the grave. They're all entering, uh, exiting the grave one by one. And when they came out of the grave, all of them, because they were kind of domineering alpha dog types, they started fighting each other. They started killing each other off. And then out of another grave, Jesus of Nazareth came out of the grave. And all of these great men, great leaders started realizing that they're what may, the, the, the one quality that made them a great leader out of each of them, Jesus of Nazareth had encompassed into one. And the only thing that kept them from all killing each other off was that one by one, they then started bowing down to Jesus. And the philosopher ends his story with this, 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 revelation, this revelation of a dream by saying, So I don't really know what that means, but it was just a dream I had. Wow. And that I think there's just something, no matter how great we are, who we are, we want to know who was the greatest. Yeah, but who was who greater than than that? Who was the king of kings? Who is, and so I think, you know, in these little superficial things like sports, they don't mean a lot. We make them mean a lot because there's something, there's a question innately in all of us, whether we're Christian or atheistic or whatever, that wants to know, but what is meaning? What is a great thing? The okay. one thing, not things, but one thing that I can point to that I'm heading towards and, and end to all of these, this means. So I think that is maybe a, like a more, I don't know, you know, uh, philosophical level of why we love to just want one I do too. I, I,
1: You know, the one thing I think of, as you were saying in Ecclesiastes, Solomon said, God has placed eternity in the heart. There, there's, this, there's this transcendent longing in us mm. that is, it flushes itself out in our desire for perfection, our desire for excellence, how an excellence, excellence ennobles the human spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, we have that, it's innate, it's a part, to me, it's a part of our divine image bearing uh, that we we just seem to naturally long for the just transcendently great. That's why when you see, I remember when Tiger was at his peak of his golfing powers, it was magical. Mm-hmm. It, it was, like, I remember one time I was golfing with an attorney, a really bright attorney locally. Very smart, accomplished individual. He was convinced Tiger could guide the ball with his mind. Okay, this was not some... This was a man of reason. It was a man of, of reason, but he was convinced. <laughs> mm-hmm. He firmly believed that,
0: yeah. Some metaphysical power. And it, and it, well, I, 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 was, I have been caught when LeBron, when the Cavs won in the 2016 finals and came back from the 3-1 deficit... I was awestruck with, and I wasn't putting some like actual messianic title on LeBron. Thank you. But, (laughs) and and being in in a blasphemous way, but I was saying there's something that for me is kind of makes this even more magical. Yeah. More, yeah, magical, kind of mythical almost of this son that, that chose to come back. Just people he knew didn't want him and knew would have betrayed him and his knew own rejected he, him. He, yeah, he, he came back and him. redeemed <laughs> that which said no, I don't want you and and went through the the pain, the the you know the excruciating. Um, yeah, they were of, burning of the Jesus
1: uh, jersey in mm-hmm. the streets one yeah. day. Yeah, and and won it
0: for them. And so I thought that was you know there was something there that was like this is you know I guess in a in a sense of like. It, it gave magnitude even more so that if I 'm feeling this for a little sports figure, yeah the fellow human being at the at the core of it, how then do I feel about the yeah. actual king of kings
1: yeah. yeah the other application on this is uh, I think of you remember when I've done that first light talk when you when you think about when uh, Alexander the great when Socrates, when Aristotle, when Caesar, Augustus, Napoleon, when they died, their impact was immense. So if you you had a list of the 20 most dominant people in world history at the time of their death, Mm -hmm. and even in the next few years, Jesus of Nazareth would not have been on the list. So if you gave an award for most likely to posthumously succeed, he would never have won that award. Mm -hmm. And yet, you know, today, As I say in that, um, you know, Nero is used for pizza parlors and dog names, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the name of Christ just is exponential Mm. in its impact 2,000 years later. And relating even more to this
0: list, you know, how great of an athlete would, how great of a stretch would one athlete have to be if, say, they were on this list number one, and almost over, and the majority of humanity would agree... That that is, yeah, I can in some manner or way either say f- completely or attribute some n- acknowledgement to that being probably number one person or athlete ever, um, and it was only because of three professional years, not a career, yeah, not a whole twenty years, but yeah. th- just three years. And I think that's one something that's that is understated uh, of, as the point you're making, and that. Um, this, this what, what, what everything that came from Christ as the definitive greatest.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It, was through, it was three years, so it's just, it just, it just... And what's standing.
1: ironic, and this is the upside-down nature of the kingdom of heaven that he brought, was, as opposed to all those other kings in the, in the graveyard, who built, virtuously or not, usually not, they built their kingdoms on dominance. Mm-hmm. His was built on building into people. Mm -hmm. So, the reason that 2,000 years later, he has this immense dominance that, uh, you know, Napoleon's in that graveyard, (laughs) literally, he doesn't measure up. Uh, Alexander the Great in that graveyard, they don't measure up, is because he built into 12, who Mm -hmm. built into 12, who, you know... Mm -hmm. And he built and he built and he multiplied his effect through building into people. He came not to be served, Mm -hmm. but to serve. And that's interesting. As we think about this list or any list of greatness, he said, the greatest among you will be the servant of all. And his life, literally, in the last two millennia, epitomizes that. Mm-hmm. It epitomizes that. Mm-hmm. So remember that when you think about your life and, you know, the upside down nature of the kingdom, that Jesus would not have made a top 20 list at the point of his death. Mm-hmm. He didn't write a book. He he wasn't a professor at a university. I was thinking on the way here today, would he even be considered a professional? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Who is this unlearned
0: Nazarene? You think of how the disciples, that in the middle midst of his ministry, after doing some, uh, uh, some crazy metaphysical acts. Said, "Eh, I'm just not buying it." Yeah, and left.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's in the midst of like this guy just walked on
0: water, I and you know. just go, Yeah, you know this blasphemy stuff." I'm, you know, he came
1: from heaven. He's, the, you know, the bread of life. Nah, that's too too I much know. for me. Yeah. And you some know. at John six sixty six, some turned away. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I I keep your lists. Let's make our lists. It's fun. But God has placed a desire for the transcendent in our heart, and, I, and of course, we believe that He revealed that. He, he incarnated transcendence. Mm-hmm. He, he put flesh on what does true greatness look like, and it isn't it isn't what our world often considers as great. So, great mm-hmm. subject today, Oz, great uh, list. Kudos to Eric Fleming, as always, kudos to our producer and sound technician pete washburn for being here today we hope you stay safe on the roads and by the time you hear this may it be sunny in 65. Mm. Yeah, man. until next week this is austin charles and charles braxton and this is chuck